I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And, and this, this is, is the, the Aftermath of Sex. You just did it. I know. Are you asking me yeah. or the people? No, I was asking you. I oh, that purposely. you know, I'm doing good. I got I'm caught good. up at work. I know. Which I'm is a glorious feeling. I'm so glad for you. I was feeling pretty, you know, yeah, behind. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. These babies, they just keep coming and I love it so they much. Do. But it does make the paperwork a little longer yeah. in the office. Favorite part of my job, paperwork. Of both my jobs, paperwork. Yeah. Fun. Right. And I, I like to have fun. Yeah. I like to care for people. I want to talk to people all day long. I will take care of you and all of your needs. But charting's like laundry. It's, it never stops. It never stops. It just yeah. continues. These are just grading. It's always there. Oh, you always have to grade something. Yeah. Until the summer. I know. That's... I'm looking forward to that. Three and a half, four weeks, four Something oh, like see, you you haven't even started counting the no, days, I have. so that's I have. good. I just, yeah, three weeks. Yeah, my kids three keep reminding me. <laughs> my kids go. keep reminding me. They're like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. School's yeah. almost over. I, I love hanging out with the kids. But yeah. I love my summers as well. Yeah. And I'm going to go see my mom right away and my Ooh, grandma. So. Oh, that'll be so nice. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can interview my grandma about some things. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Because oh. you're going to have a grandma interview pretty soon. I am. I'm so excited about it, actually. She's like, she is getting it. Yeah. My grandma. She's yeah. she's like special. Yeah. 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 I love all of them. All of them. Yeah. And all of their spiciness. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So we're also um, going to be interviewing each other yeah. soon. Yeah. Christina had this great idea. And so we want um, y'all to kind of share some questions that you want us to ask each other. And they can be whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. If it's too inappropriate, we will stream <laughs> them beforehand. I might not. <laughs> Just tell us who you are directing it for. Or if yeah. it can be both of us, yeah. actually. But whatever, we're going to both do it separately. Um, well, together, but separately. Maybe. I don't know. We're not sure yet. We, haven't, got, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Um, but we're excited about that. And it yeah. should be fun. And just to kind of help you guys get to know us better. Yeah. Who we are, what we do, what we love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. So also, we need your stories. We do. We need your stories, people. You guys are slacking. Slacking. Yeah. Um, we love birth adventures. Yes. We love veggie tales. We love it all. So send it in www.theaos411.com. Yeah. Or you can email us because some people think that's easier. Yeah. So however you want to yeah. your story. Theaos411 at gmail.com. Now somebody didn't realize that the was part of the, the, the name. name. Of, so yeah. TWH is at the beginning, just in case. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So, yeah. Send us your things. Yeah, send us your things. We want to hear. Yeah, we do. Otherwise, you just have to hear us talk about education all the time. And we love educating. We do. 
But but it's fun to hear from you guys too. Yeah. And people like to hear your birth stories. Yes. And the Veggie Tales. We need more of those. We, those are really great. People don't share very many Veggie Tales, but yeah, when but we get should. a cluster of them, they yeah. are great, phenomenal, and a good time. And it just helps us remember that like life is funny. Yeah. And when we can remove ourselves from the trauma of it all. Yeah. <laughs> It can actually be a fun tale. Yeah, and therapeutic to, you know, laugh about the uncomfortable yes. situations we've been in. Yes. <laughs> Vaginas and uteruses are messy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that reminds me today. Yeah, and then I have something, too, that was really funny. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to share first? No. Go, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, since we're just talking about vaginas. Yeah. So um, I was... Well, I don't know. It must have been a reel or something. I don't know, but it was this comedian talking about um vaginas and just how he like basically does whatever his wife or ex-wife or something wants because he watched this baby be born right <laughs> and how it like shredded her vagina oh no and he was going on about this but then he was like i'm not quoting him or anything yeah i can't even tell you who it is but he was something about like vaginas are amazing it just went back to how it was yes and i was like yeah yes because he just kept talking about how shredded this vagina was but oh. then he redeemed himself i was like stop talking because, about that yeah i know okay made me uncomfortable because i'm like what? and shredded's a terrible word i know but but it, he's right they just go back they do i had an instructor i think i've told you this before that she said you put two labia in a room and they'll find each other <laughs> it's like, true it's so true yeah it's so great yeah and sometimes um not always but every once in a while i'll have a really tricky repair yeah and i'll have an obstetrician come in and look and just kind of check my work and he'll he he usually is like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Textbook. And I'm yeah. like, that is not textbook, but okay. <laughs> and then you look at it two weeks later and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the no. vagina is a friendly place. Seriously, vaginas. <laughs> I love a good vagina. I had, I saw a shirt. A shirt. This set. <laughs> oh, shoot. Let me get it right. Okay. The Cooter Canoe. The Cooter Canoe. Adventure. Adventures <laughs> for us. <laughs> and the Cooter Canoe is actually a um, an external Foley catheter what? for women who have excess urine leakage. Really? And it like it's just something that they Wait, wear. Wait, it's a device? <laughs> it is. But it's not called that. But it's it looks like a canoe and it goes yeah. in between the labia really? and you wear it at night or whenever. And I have no idea. So yes. What a great yes. A great and thing. then and then it kind of goes into a closed yeah. device. So it like, you know. Yeah, and then people okay, yeah. And it it's not like a, a it's not internal to the bladder, so yeah, you don't but have it's, that risk of infection. And, right. So it's not getting your undies wet. People try. Yeah. Wow. It's a cooter canoe. A cooter canoe. It's not called that, but it was really funny yeah. to me. Wait, did the t-shirt have a picture of this or something? It had a beaver on a... <laughs> <laughs> it had a beaver on what looks like the device, which does wow, look like, like a, a canoe. canoe. Okay. Yes. So the t-shirt was talking about this device. Yes. 
Where did you see this t-shirt? So I don't understand. I get these notifications all the time about like nursing t-shirts. Sure. So there's like one that I saw today that was really funny that had two lungs and on one side it was full of fluid and the caption said, I'd tap that. Oh. <laughs> Which is, yes. you know, it's just humorous. Yes, yes. It's okay. humorous That's nurse, nurse, you know, yeah. nurse humor. Or yeah. there was like, a crash card on one of the shirts that said, see me rolling, uh, you know, yes, it was yes, just, yes. you know, that's funny that like kind that. of a site. Okay. Anyway, it just reminded me of that. That's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. if you use a cooter canoe, yeah, tell I, I feel like cooter is a terrible word. Well, it's not really my choice of no. descriptive words <laughs> for the vaginal area. But in a humorous way, yeah. it is a good time. Yeah. It is a yeah. Good time. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's no segue. <laughs> right, I know. Like, there is. No. It has nothing to do with today's topic. Yeah. But that was a good time. Um, yeah. I want to talk to you about prolactin. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about this. Okay. Well, here we go. Okay. So prolactin is a polypeptide hormone. Right. It is also known as lactotropin. Oh, I didn't know Lactotropin. Lactotropin. Or PRL. PRL. Yep. So it is responsible for lactation, breast development, and hundreds, hundreds of other actions that are needed to to maintain homeostasis. Hundreds, you say? It's hundreds and multiple things. Wow. But there's two main things that it does. Okay. So, um... The level of prolactin is generally low in, in persons assigned male at birth. Okay. So it's good to know that. And also it's low in people who are not lactating or people who are not pregnant. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the two things. Don't you worry. Okay. I'm going to get there. Okay. So where does this come from? This prolactin. Yeah. The brain? The pituitary. Yeah. yeah. So most of it comes from your pituitary gland, which makes and secretes that hormone. Yeah. So the pituitary gland, if you don't know, is a small pea-sized gland, which is crazy to think about how small that is and how much it's responsible for. Yeah, seriously, it does so much. Yeah, so it's located in the brain below the hypothalamus, and it sits directly behind the nasal bridge in a protective bony structure called the cella tersica. Yeah. yeah. Looked up that. Yeah. Interesting. I, I just have something to add that doesn't yeah. have to do with prolactin, but we were talking about the pituitary in yeah. my um, class, my midterm class, and we watched a surgery um, where they were removing a um, pituitary like tumor. Yeah. And they go through the nose. Yes, they do because it's it's located right behind yeah. there. And they had to grind away the bone. Oh, yeah. that sounds painful. Any bone involvement sounds like a hard time. Yeah, and we didn't get to the end. Of <laughs> no, but it's good. Really- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh my gosh, I you're didn't hilarious. Do that yeah. On um, anyway, it was interesting. We didn't get to watch the reconstruction of it, but we'll have to go back and look at that. Can I mean, well, where did you get you- said surgery? What? I mean, where did you find this video? On YouTube. Wow. It was just a YouTube video. Oh, there's all kinds of videos on YouTube about all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is we a scary all place. Kinds of surgeries and stuff. It's a good time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. Get off topic, but the pituitary. Yeah. It's cool. It's uh, a cella tersica of a good time. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to segue back into it. Um, <laughs> but it's part of the endocrine system. Yeah. And it's in charge of making many different hormones. Okay, so it's structurally divided into anterior and posterior regions, and the anterior is capable of producing and secreting its own hormones, whereas the posterior acts more like a conduit for pre-synthesized hormones from the hypothalamus. Yeah. What is the hypothalamus, you ask? It's um, largely responsible for regulating the synthesis of secretion of hormones within the pituitary gland. So this includes prolactin, which is why I'm talking about it yeah so prolactin itself is synthesized by lactotrophs okay okay these are a lot of big words so bear with me in it's in the anterior pituitary gland so dopamine which is it suppresses prolactin dopamine suppresses yes i didn't know that interesting so cellularly this is intense and i didn't get into the extreme nitty-gritty of yeah, how that all works there's so too much okay to do. Yeah. so um estrogen is a hormone yeah. and dopamine is a brain chemical and um these two work together and control your prolactin production and the release of it from your pituitary gland okay, okay? so your nervous system and your immune system and your uterus your mammal Mammary glands are also capable of producing prolactin, but it's generally very slight and very temporary. Okay. So what things would that be? Nipple stimulation. Okay. Exercise, stress, pain, eating, sexual intercourse, and injury to your chest region. Oh, okay. Yeah. So those would like spike it maybe during that time and then it would go away. Okay. So... The levels of prolactin, it's different for every lab, but they're generally similar. So the um, the lab levels that people would get tested in the lab, if we're testing your prolactin. Okay. Am I making any sense? Megan's (laughs) looking at me like, she's like, what? The lab levels getting tested in the lab. That was Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So a normal prolactin on a tests varies from site to site, but a male at birth generally has less than 20 NG per ml. Do you know what NG is? I don't think so. Nanograms. Nanograms. (laughs) We don't don't work with those in very very often, but it's less than 20 nanograms per ml. Yeah, that sounds like not very much. Not very much at all. A female at birth who who is not breastfeeding um, has less than 25 nanograms okay but a pregnant woman or a breastfeeding breastfeeding <laughs> wow breastfeeding woman would have 80 to 400 nanograms oh wow per milliliter oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. Significantly, significantly different yeah. so you wonder how does this affect your body and what does it do well it uh, remember it contributes to hundreds Hundreds. It's, it mentioned hundreds in several articles really? it, of bodily functions. Okay. But there's two main functions, okay. as I mentioned before, and I'll talk about them now. Okay. At least two. Function one is the development of mammary glands okay. within the breast tissue okay. and also milk production. Okay. Number two is lactation and breastfeeding. Okay. Okay. So let's go to mammary gland development and talk about that a little bit more. During pregnancy, prolactin, estrogen, and progesterone stimulate breast tissue development and milk production. Okay. Um, Prolactin promotes specific breast tissue growth of the mammary alveoli. Okay. 
Okay. Which is those little, small, little sacks on the bottom of the ducts. Remember? Yep. Because we talked about that in the yeah. previous episode, if you want to know more. Yeah. So this is where milk production occurs. Okay. And it also, prolactin also promotes the breast alveolar t- um, cells to create milk components. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it it um, stimulates the cells to pr- produce lactose, which is the carbohydrate Carbo, I can't talk. Carbohydrate component of milk. Right. Um, casein, which is the protein component of milk. Okay. And then lipids, which is what provides energy and the essential fatty acids and the cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Breast milk. Milk. It's a thing. Yeah. Breastfeeding. So let's just talk about that. Yeah. Um, progesterone levels uh, drop once babies are born, which increases the number of prolactin receptors on the mammary alveolar cells. Okay. So that um, progesterone level is high. And then once baby's born, it drops. Right. Okay. And that allows for milk to be secreted through your nipple for lactation. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So prolactin doesn't remain constantly elevated. Okay. It, it will only increase during nipple stimulation or when you're, when your baby is suckling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're not actively breastfeeding, prolactin levels decrease and the milk production is reduced. I need to silence my alarm here on my okay. phone. Do it. My family is really texting me a lot. They miss you. I feel like maybe they need to stop that. <laughs> I had 10 <laughs> notifications in five seconds. Anyway, so... um. Prolactin doesn't remain constantly elevated, and it only happens with suckling or nipple stimulation. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, interesting. So when you're not actively breastfeeding, the prolactin level decreases, and your milk production is reduced. Yeah, that makes sense. And if you stop breastfeeding, prolactin will fall to non-pregnant levels within one to two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. It's pretty quick. Yeah, that's really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I think it's a crazy thing. I th- yeah. It's really quite bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So the most potent stimulator for prolactin, prolactin is the suckling of a baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a mechanical process and it stimulates the sensory nerves in the nipple, mm-hmm. which then carries the signal via the spinal cord to the arcuate nucleus, which is what inhibits the dopamine. Okay. Yeah. So then the dopamine... Um, releases diminished. So then that then removes the inhibitory action of dopamine on prolactin. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And then at the same time, a different signal from the nipple activates the supraoptic and the paraventricular nuclei to increase the production of oxytocin. There is a lot happening. Yes. In one little suckle. Yes. That's really impressive. Yes. And that allows that a release of oxygen or the production of oxytocin, yes. not oxygen. No, I mean, oxytocin, my favorite hormone, allows for milk letdown. Yeah. That's amazing. I yeah. was waiting for you to talk about oxytocin. Yes. And so okay. oxytocin and vasoactive intestinal peptide both promote the inhibit inhibition of dopamine allowing synthesis of prolactin. Interesting. The whole yeah. dopamine thing, I had no idea. Yeah. That that works like that. Me That's neither. really fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. So then 
Um, prolactin release has an inhibitory effect on the release of gonadotropin, okay. releasing hormone okay. from the hypothalamus. Yeah. And so um, the loss of this results in a lack of pulsatile stimulation of the gonadotropic cells. Okay. This re results in a loss of FSH or follicle stimulating hormone okay. and luteinizing hormone released from the anterior pituitary. Yeah. And then FSH and LH are primary hormones needed for menstruation, right? Okay. So now females who are lactating right. will experience a period of okay. transient anemia or amenorrhea. Amenorrhea. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Not anemia. They might be suffering from that too, but a period of transient amenorrhea until cessation of breastfeeding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That all makes sense to me. Yeah. So then that helps serve as a natural contraception right and helps play a role in pregnancy spacing right. because your yeah, body exactly. does like a little yeah. bit of time before yeah. you get pregnant again wow yeah Our bodies yes um so similarly males the prolactin inhibits gnrh so the okay. gonadotropin releasing hormone um and it results in a decreased spermatogenesis oh and infertility okay so if they're having prolactin right um an elevated prolactin that can occur, but that's considered pathologic. So okay. it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you think that's it? No, I, I keep going. Okay. So there are signs of elevated. <laughs> <laughs> Megan just looked at me like I'm crazy because maybe I am and that's fine. It's okay. Um, so there's signs of elevated prolactin. The first okay. sign is infertility. So okay. people are struggling to get pregnant. Loss of libido, which I okay. think could just be a bad day. I don't know, yeah. but um, like, there are probably like more prolonged. It is, stomach. it is. It's chronic. Milky discharge or galacteria when not breastfeeding. Oh, yeah, because your prolactin's high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Changes in menstruation, yeah. amenorrhea or the absence of menses, and vaginal dryness, which leads okay. to painful intercourse. Yeah. So somebody might come in and say, hey, I'm having this painful intercourse. Uh -huh. And this is one of the things that you can think about. Yeah. Okay. So in men, the symptoms of high prolactin is erectile dif dysfunction, okay. headaches, decreased libido. And that's associated with that spermatogenesis. Yeah. And um, low levels of testosterone and gyne gynecomastia, which is enlarged breast tissue. Okay. In a man. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the, like, what happens? Yeah. What do we, what happens if you have abnormal levels? So there's a prolactinoma. Are you familiar with that? Well, it sounds like a tumor of some sort. Yeah. So it's a pituitary gland tumor and it's the most common cause of a higher than normal level of pro prolactin. Most common. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a benign non-cancerous tumor and it forms in your pituitary gland and it causes excess production of prolactin. Would it cause other pituitary issues, though? Or potentially, okay. anytime you have I'm just a tumor why it's that's called a prolactinoma, and not just like talking about the like a adenoma from the gland or something. Well, it is a type of pituitary adenoma. That's my next sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. Look at how smart you are. <laughs> Thanks for stealing my words. No, I'm kidding. No, it is. It's, so okay. it's a type of that. So okay. it's just specific because maybe we've. So maybe that's the only effect of that particular tumor. tumor right. And so then that's why it would be called a. 
prolactinoma. prolactinoma. Okay, yeah. that, that all makes sense to me. So these, <laughs> so these generally develop on their own and they cause, the cause of these tumors is really unknown, yeah. which is sad because it, it's really the most common. Yeah. Some genetic factors may play a role. Um, there's multiple endocrine neoplasia type one, which increases a person's risk for that. Okay. Um, and that's all I can find genetically. So yeah. it's really, a lot of it is really just unknown. Yeah. Um, at least half of prolactinomas are less than one centimeter. Okay. Or still three like, eighths of an inch if you're. Yeah, but that's. It's you're so small. About the pituitary and like a tumor on the pituitary. That's Which is a pea size. Pretty significant. Right. But it's still. In relation I mean, to the pituitary. When you're thinking about it, it's this tiny thing and it's yeah. causing such. So much trauma. trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. Damage. Right. So these are, um, these, the ones that are less than a centimeter are called microprolactinomas. It's, you know, I feel like it's not that micro though, like less than a centimeter. I mean, that's still, that's a decent size when you're talking about like the brain. And the it's true. In the brain. Yep. You can talk to medical science about their terminology oh. and that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I think you should okay. call in. I think Too you should. <laughs> I think you should call in and tell them how unsatisfied you are with their definition. Okay. I think that that would be good. <laughs> so these micro prolactinomas, they occur more often in females. Okay. And then larger prolactinomas are larger than three eighths of an inch or one centimeter in diameter. That's okay. a macro. I Yeah. Prolactinoma. Yeah. So really less than a centimeter is micro and more than it is a macro okay and yeah. those macros occur more often in men oh interesting yeah so approximately 40 percent of pituitary tumors um are prolactinomas so really they're very common 40 percent. wow that's a lot yeah more um more than not it's in people under the age of 40 okay and it rarely affects children or adolescents oh and then of course it it more often is diagnosed in women. Okay. So there are certain medications that can cause an elevated prolacto. Oh. Um, antipsychotic medications like risperidone can cause it. Okay. Um, high blood pressure medications. Um, meds that treat nausea and vomiting. So that can have a thing. Or um, opioid medications. Oh, really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So generally, if you have high prolactin levels due to a medication, your level will return to normal within three to four days of like okay. stopping that medication. So it's not like you're going to have to suffer forever. Right. But if you feel like this is happening, don't just stop your medication. Like right. talk to your provider first. Yeah. Um, there are certain certain health conditions that can cause an increased prolactin, which is like kidney disease or hypothyroidism, which is an underactive thyroid okay. or shingles, which I oh, thought was interesting. Weird. Yeah. Especially if the rash or the blisters are on your chest. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well that aligns with like the trauma to the chest yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting to me because it's comes from the brain. But remember, like if it's near cells. Yes. So um, if it's near that suckling yeah. or or area stimulation. stimulation. Of the mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course there's other pituitary gland tumors that this can happen with. Um 
Large tumors that are near your pituitary gland can cause hyperprolactinemia, and then that okay. will reduce the effect of do- dopamine. Okay. Because it's, you know, pushing on that gland, so it's reducing its effectiveness in controlling your your brain okay, release of so dopamine. Then I'm wondering, then, is there mood issues related to that? There very well could be. Okay. So then prolactin release, um, remember, is suppressed by that dopamine. Right. So if the tumor blocks the flow of dopamine, then the cells will then release more prolactin, right. causing the hyperprolactinemia developing in your blood. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I know. Who knew? So then you you can't have a Christina episode without the zebra of it all. Yeah. And what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? So so they always say in in medicine to don't go looking for zebras. Those are like the one offs, right? Yeah. But they exist. And I like to find them because they're fun. Yeah. I thought I've heard it is like the unicorn. Okay, sure. Yeah. Zebra's unicorn. I feel like there's definitely, well, zebras are a real thing. So that would. (laughs) But unicorns have a pretty horn. They do. Yeah. But they're not real. And I feel like um, zebras are really cool. So cool. And they're very unique. They are. Unicorns are also unique, but not real. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Tell us about the zebra. Okay. So it's called Sheehan syndrome. What? (laughs) It's Sheehan syndrome. And this is an extremely rare condition. It occurs in five out of a hundred thousand births. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty rare. So it occurs more commonly when emergency care isn't readily available, which is really sad. Okay. Um, due to prevent um, preventing life saving measures for extreme blood loss at the time of birth. Okay. Did that make sense? Kind of. So if somebody's hemorrhaging, okay, and it's like a major hemorrhage, sure, and there's no emergency services to stop this hemorrhaging, okay, um, or to to replace blood that's lost, those are the individuals that are suffering with this. Okay. Okay. So it involves injury to the pituitary gland caused by extreme blood loss. I see. And the extreme blood loss um, is because of deprived oxygen to the brain. Okay. And so then there's an ischemic attack that occurs in that gland. Okay. Yeah. I understand. So some of the death, some of the tissues in the pituitary die. Right. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that so sad? Yeah. I know. And so the death yeah. causes um, of this tissue causes hormonal issues. Okay. It affects um, the adrenocorticotropic hormone, okay. okay, which stimulates the production of primary st- stress hormone, cortisol. Yeah. And remember cortisol, it maintains your blood pressure yeah. and your blood sugar levels, and it helps your body respond to stress. Yeah. So that's a huge one. Yeah. It affects the thyroid stimulating hormone, which stimulates the thyroid gland, yeah. which regulates your metabolism mm-hmm. and your energy and your nervous system. It um, affects your growth hormone, yeah. so it, which helps maintain your bone density, your muscle mass, and your fat distribution. It affects the follicle stimulating hormone, which stimulates estrogen production and in your ovaries. And it causes, um, and you know, remember that causes an egg release every month. Right. Um, it can affect your luteinizing hormone, which stimulates ovulation and the release of an egg during a cycle. 
It affects the prolactin, which we know now right. stimulates lactation and production of milk. And um, it affects the antidiuretic hormone, which regulates and balances your water and sodium levels yeah. in your body. And um, the low levels of this can cause diabetes insipidus. And 5% of people with Sheehan syndrome have this develop. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is also called a postpartum hypopituitary hypopituitarism or pituitary infarction. Wow. Mm -hmm. And with acute Sheehan syndrome, you notice symptoms right away, but more often symptoms present gradually. Right. Yeah. As these like you're expecting these hormonal things to occur and they don't. And they don't. The right. So you people will notice trouble breastfeeding. They no longer get a period. Their vaginal walls get dry or they thin. They have an uncontrollable urge to drink water, frequent yeah. urination. They get weight gain or a decrease of muscle mass. Their breasts shrink or there's loss of pubic hair, which I thought was crazy. Really? Yeah, they get cold intolerance. That's that thyroid component. Okay. They decrease in their sex drive they get, yeah. and they get dry skin. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's I mean, the really, military, it's really important. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just thankful that we live in a time yeah. and a place, because not all places have access to great care. Yeah. Um that, you know, we, we do. That's and true. so, but we have to remember this is very rare and you'd have to have an, a, a life-threatening amount of blood loss, which yeah. doesn't happen often no. without um, emergency care teams that can help replace the blood loss in order for this to occur. Yeah. Which is why it's the zebra. Right. Because it's generally going to happen in, yeah, some remote place where you can't where you get have access yeah immediate care or that you don't have access to medications yeah mm -hmm. and then yeah. i wonder because i'm just thinking if you're having a blood loss like that you know the risk of death is probably pretty significant mm -hmm. so that it seems like that would make it even more rare because you're going to have a certain population of women who die yeah and don't even survive yep wow yeah didn't mean to bring it down but there that we went it down a little sorry yeah I thought it was cool to find a zebra, though. Yeah, that is really interesting. I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah, me neither. But that is well, that's because how rare it is. it's rare, and we that's live like in, in a, our business, you know. It's well, and we live in a space that we don't have to worry right. about that, which right. we need to just thank our lucky stars for that. Yeah, thank the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, low levels of prolactin. Okay, sorry. I, there's more. So, yeah. Did you think it was over? Well, I just wasn't sure if that's how you were gonna end. <laughs> No, not not yet. I okay. like to talk, so I'm going to keep talking. Okay. So low levels um, are normal, remember, right. unless you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Right. So, but you have to have some levels because it has to do with these hundreds of bodily, of functions. bodily functions. Yeah. Um, the only sign of having a lower or less than normal level of prolactin is a lack of milk production after giving birth. What? Well, I'm so confused because what are these hundreds of functions? Do well, you have one? No, you have two. You have the two. Do you have three? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me and I don't because I wanted to go through the most important. Okay. So, um, pituitarism, okay. yeah, yeah, is often the cause. Okay. And that's a that rare condition um, where there is a deficiency in one or multiple of your pituitary hormones. And that's caused by pressure 
that is abnormal on the pituitary oh. gland or a damaged pituitary, pituitary gland. Okay. Yeah. And having prolactin deficiency can be secondary to other etiologies okay. that primarily affect the anterior pituitary. Okay. So a uh, craniopharyngeoma or a mass, a cranial yeah. mass, so a mass yeah. in the brain. Yeah. That would cause it because it's pushing on yeah. that, yeah. right? Um, infections like tuberculosis oh. or histoplasmosis. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Infiltrative. No. In Filtrative, okay. <laughs> sorry, disease process. So like um, sarcoidosis, which is an inflammatory disease, okay. or hematomacrosis, which is too much iron. Okay. Okay. And then autoimmune conditions like um, lupus or SLE, okay. antiphospholipid syndrome, wow. rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, and autoimmune thyroid disease, wow. as well as celiac disease. Wow. Those are a lot of like, those are not particularly uncommon diseases they are not yeah. but remember it's really rare to have an abnormally this, low prolactin oh, okay yeah. yeah that's it now oh that's it that's, how <laughs> that's you're it out. you're like that's it <laughs> <laughs> and i don't have any wow. fascinating story actually I, I could tell about my so somebody i love very dearly yeah i might be married to the man okay um we were worried about his pituitary and it's, oh. it's um, a family thing. Okay. So it kind of runs in families about having like a pituitary tumor and um, he was having some hormonal issues and they wanted to do an MRI and this man cannot handle tight spaces. Sure. And so we tried 10 ways. Medicate him real good. Well, we finally we're able to put him under oh wow gen well iv sedation and it turned out that the images that they got were okay that he okay. did not have a tumor but um i found out that there are open mris oh really yes they're open Where? so they're like in anchorage they have one. Oh, they do they have them all over but they're not the open mris are not great for the brain so oh, it's kind of, yeah. and they have different sizes of MRI machines, but the standard size and the, the quote unquote bigger size for people with claustrophobia is literally 10 centimeters bigger in the entire circumference. How can you, why would you even spend the money to It's like, that? like one, I mean, if you think about <laughs> the average like that would not be able to distinguish no, between the two. Right. Like it's not, it's, it's giving you a, like. A point two millimeter growth uh, all the way around. Yeah, that's that seems pointless it, to me. It's just not. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was. Um, I yeah. called many a places trying to find, you know, the best MRI for yeah. people with claustrophobia because it's a big thing. It's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, it is. And he yeah. didn't even realize he had an issue until he was in there. Oh yeah. Then it was an issue. Yeah. He was like, "Get me out of here!" Yeah. <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I had to have one one time and it was, it, yeah, I just had to like really talk myself, you know, I, in your, your brain. brain is yeah, a it's really a, yeah. amazing thing and you can kind of talk yourself. And it's loud in there. It is. It's yeah. very loud. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you can have like earbuds or. Yeah. I can't listen to your audio book. Yeah. I had an MRI when I, when they thought I was bleeding in my brain oh, when, when I was pregnant. Blind. Yeah. When I yeah. went blind. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a that was a thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I just took a nap because I was tired. Yeah, that's kind of what I did too. <laughs> I just went in there and I'm just like, you know, I'm just gonna have a nap and pretend like I well and and know that I can get out of here if I need to. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like I was trapped. Yeah, so but they do to, put that cage thing on your head. They do. They really make sure you don't move. Yeah, yes. and you're like, you do feel pretty intensely yeah. locked in. You really do. I was breastfeeding at the time and I went in and they wanted to give me some contrast. Um, and I said, what? Well, no, sorry. I yeah. can't do that because I wasn't going to risk um, yeah. having my decreased prolactin right. from not breastfeeding for a day. That, yeah. Anyway. Well, you could have still stimulated and dumped, but then that's such well, a pain to dump your milk. And it's sad to watch that hard work yeah, go down the drain. And, you know, part of it, I'll be totally honest. Um, I think she was around two at the time. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, but we, I was not done yes. necessarily. And so, and she wasn't either. I mean, right. she was still, we, we were yeah. still nursing throughout the day sometimes, but um, I just, I wasn't ready. And I am like, a, I don't want any regrets. And yeah. so, you know, it was more important for me to breastfeed than to, see if there was a tumor in my brain, I guess. But it was fine. <laughs> it was okay. They they were able to see enough to know yeah. there wasn't a tumor. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's good. So um share your your pituitary stories. Yeah. Your MRI stories. Or your breastfeeding stories. Yes. Yeah. Your letdown stories. Oh, yeah. there are some letdown stories. And there are a lot of breastfeeding stories actually. Mm. Like people have some really um touching and triumphant or, yes you know um discouraging yes story. it's quite a yeah a thing to breastfeed yeah um mom if you're listening which i know you are yeah you have to share your breastfeeding story about how you got my dad rose and do it you gotta you gotta write it up for us ma yeah and i'll share it okay. with your permission <laughs> Okay. On that note, <laughs> we hope you feel enlightened. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.